0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author, Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. We've all heard the old hymn, There's Power in the Blood, and how about All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name? The Bible speaks of God's power often, and I find that very encouraging because we could use a good dose of godly power now and then as we face evil in this world, which begs the question, does evil come with its own brand of power, and how can we tell the difference between godly and ungodly power? Let's put that question to Dr. Jennings, who joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, where can we find and how can we identify the proper power for
1: our lives? Well, this is a great question, and we're going to go through different types of power. Mm -hmm. And one of the things people need to understand as we try to look at the power of God, and many people are struggling to experience and receive the power of God, and in my view, as I look around, and I think you're going to see, they actually get tricked into embracing Satan's power Mm -hmm. in thinking they're working with God's power when they're not, and this is what keeps them paralyzed and often short of victories that they want. And so, as we think about the powers, there's different types of powers. What is the power being used to achieve? For instance, very quickly, fire is a power we use to heat food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a power, to heat food. But we don't use flame to treat burns. That's true. That's true. Okay? The idea here is, Powers are used in different ways to achieve different goals or different outcomes. So when you think about the power of God that the Bible talks about, what is the power of God that he is pouring upon planet Earth, focused upon the goal, the outcome? What's he trying to achieve with that power? And what he's trying to achieve with that power is the eradication of sin. But from where? Is he simply wanting to just wipe it out of the universe so he can just destroy all life, all planets, destroy his universe? Well, there's no sin, there's just God. Well, that's clearly not his goal. He wants to destroy sin out of hearts and minds of people while he retains the people and heals and restores them to righteousness. So another way to say that is he wants to remove sin from hearts and minds while he restores in hearts and minds his methods, principles, his character of love. So that means he wants to turn people who are at war with him, who are his enemies, who don't trust him, who may even dislike him, he wants to turn those people— into people who love him, trust him, are loyal to him, and are devoted to him. Would we agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now when we understand the goal, turning people who don't trust him, who are afraid of him, who are warring against him, into people who love, trust, loyal, and are faithful to him, that's the goal. Then we can look at the different types of powers and ask, do these powers achieve the goal? Okay. First type of power, coercive power. It's the power of force, of might, of strength, of threat to intimidate, to inflict punishment for disobedience or for not following along. This is the first type of power, to make somebody comply or else. Can God get what he wants, loyalty, devotion, love, trust, by exercising this type of power? No, absolutely not. He cannot get this type of outcome using this type of power. In fact, if you think about any organizations that use this type of power, can they actually get their adherents to be loyal, to stay faithful, to never betray them with this type of power? Or will this type of power break? And what will break this type of power? A bigger threat, a desired inducement of some sort of bribe, believing a lie genuine love for something else, the hope of freedom. All of those things will cause somebody who's obeying just because of they're being threatened to ultimately betray and disobey the person who's threatening. So coercive power does not achieve God's goal. Christian folks, listen to that, because how many times in your Christian church are you presented with a God who basically says, love me or I'll be forced to torture you and kill you in hell. I will use coercive power to punish you, but it never heals hearts and minds. So coercive power is not the power that God uses to win his war. Second power, inducing power. This is the power of bribes, payoffs, promotions, advancements of some kind. It could be the payoff of adoration and praise and popularity. Does this type of power achieve the goals of winning people to love, trust, and loyalty if God pays us well? Nope. And if somebody is being loyal to somebody because they're getting good pay, and we see that in the human systems, people will, oh, he pays me well. But does that achieve loyalty that cannot be broken, trustworthiness that is unshakable, or will people who follow along only for how much they get paid, will they eventually betray and what will cause that betrayal? Getting paid more. Getting paid more, a serious threat to their life. Yeah. Believing a lie, coming to genuinely love someone more than what they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. Now, the movie, if you remember the old movie, Godfather, the Godfather used these two methods. Yes, yes. A deal you can't refuse. Mm-hmm. Take the payoff, mm-hmm. but if you don't take the payoff, we'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And sadly, many people present our Heavenly Father functioning no different than the Godfather. But he's our Father God, not the Godfather. So those first two don't work. Third power, deceiving power. This is another type of power, the power of lies, the power of deception. And this type of power is actually more potent than inducing power and coercive power. Adherents who truly believe the lie will not be swayed by threats or bribes. Think about cult members or people who join various terrorist groups and will put bombs on themselves. They believe the lie and they become very devoted. So lies are very powerful, but do they achieve people who are unshakable or can people still be shaken out of their loyalty? That's based on a lie. Still be shaken. They, still be. Shaken. And what shakes them out of it? Another lie that they yes. believe in place of the first lie, yes. the actual truth that they come to believe will break the power of the lie. Genuine love for something more than the lie we'll do it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So three powers. Here's the here's the fourth power. The power of love. This is the the power of being loved and the power of loving others genuinely more than self. And we've all heard the heroic stories of people who have sacrificed or put themselves in harm's way to save family, friends or even strangers. This this power of loving others more than self. Now, the power of love can win adherence and is Uh, working towards God's goal of winning people to love, no question about it, but is love alone sufficient to win adherents that are loyal beyond betrayal, or is this love alone by itself vulnerable to being broken? Oh boy, I would have to say it's vulnerable because that happens in divorces all the time. Well, you're looking at an earthly circumstance. How about in a perfect, sinless circumstance? You're still right though, it is yeah. it is vulnerable. Yeah. Just look at the Garden of Eden yes. when they had perfect love. Yes. And yes. what was it that broke the power of love in Eden? Lies. Lies, and so that, that you think about being in a healthy marriage and you love and trust your spouse, and your spouse loves and trusts you, and somebody you, you know, maybe your brother or sister comes to you with tears in her eyes, crying and saying that they've discovered your spouse is having an affair, but they're lying. Mm. You don't know they're lying, though. Your spouse is faithful and loyal. If you believe the lie, though, will something inside of you change? Definitely. So yeah. lies believed will break the circle of love and trust, and broken love and trust results in fear. I'm afraid you're going to hurt me. You're going to betray me. You're going to bring me disease. And selfishness, I've got to watch out for myself now, which leads us to in self-interest rather than other interest, And that's what happened in Eden. Lies were believed about God. Love and trust was broken. Fear and selfishness was, was written into our hearts now. And that is our terminal condition of sin, sinfulness that we've inherited. And so yes, lies can break the power of love mm. if they're believed. Next now, which is the fifth power, yeah. and this is the big one, the power of love and truth combined. This is the power that cannot be broken. Right. Truth and love combined result in something impenetrable. This is why the Holy Spirit is known as the Spirit of love and truth. Love and truth. Yeah, at Pentecost, they saw two streams of fire the streams of truth and love. This is the gospel, which Paul said is the power of God into salvation the good news, the truth about God, and the power of love that comes from God. See, lies cannot defeat understood and experienced truth fear cannot overcome love founded upon truth and written into the heart. So only those who are partakers of the truth and experience the truth of who God is and have his love in their hearts are won back to true friendship with God and are beyond being shaken out of their relationship with God. They're the ones who are the sealed of God. Truth is, and love. That's why Satan, the father of lies, works so hard to infect Christianity with lie upon lie about God. We believe in God, but we still really don't trust him. We need to have somebody there to protect us from him. Mm. Or God is an authoritarian dictator and the source of inflicted pain. All these things undermine our trust in God because they are distortions about him. And the last power is something called restraining power. And restraining power is the power that is used to exercise restraint or restrict or reduce or impede injury by someone else that is not capable of protecting or impeding themselves. Example, a parent restraining a child from running into the street. Mm -hmm. That's restraining power. Mm -hmm. Centers for Disease Control putting out a quarantine to restrain the spread of disease. Mental health professionals forcibly medicating a psychotic person who is going to pluck out their own eyes. Mm things like this, we restrain, but restraining power, get your mind around this now, does not change the heart or the character. It simply limits the damage that can be done. And so restraining power can include imprisonment, restraining a criminal from not only injuring others, but further damaging their own soul, restraining power. Love uses restraining power. God has used restraining power throughout human history and continues to do so. But God cannot overwrite the mind, the individuality, the choices of his children. If he were to do that, he would destroy their identity, their individuality. So he cannot win friends. He cannot win love and trust and devotion by using restraining power. He can only limit and give time for the healing truth and love to work in the heart which is an act of love. I mean, restraining power is an act of love. Right. And so many Christians, though, misunderstand restraining power with coercive power. And then they want to use the powers of the state to coerce and or inflict punishment and think they're acting godly. You cannot win hearts and minds. And this is what we're having in this country right now, a big divide over using physical might and power to try to actually change hearts and minds. You can't do it. You only infect the hearts with more fear and selfishness and cause more violence.
0: You know, as you went through this list, one through four sounds very familiar, and it's in the story of the devil tempting Christ in the wilderness. He used coercive power, inducing power, deceiving power, and
1: what turned out to be a fake love power, didn't he? He used all of those. That's right. Yeah. He did. Yeah. But see, love and truth combined, yes. that is an impenetrable power, because right. you see the lie for what it is. You don't want to partake in it, yeah. and you love others more than self, and you wouldn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. So when we look at the power, godly versus ungodly,
0: when we have that love and truth combined, and when love restrains for our benefit, maybe not now, but down the road, we're looking at a godly
1: power. Am I right in saying that? That is exactly right. And ultimately, parents who restrain their children, who are rebellious, ultimately, as the children grow up and become adults, the parents have to let go. And ultimately in the end, this is what the Bible describes in the end, that those who God has been trying with all his loving agencies to put hedges of protection around, restrain them from destroying themselves, in the end he lets them go if they insist on being apart from him, and when the life giver lets go, they die.
0: Well, Dr. Jennings, this godly versus ungodly power has taught us some very important lessons here, because we are sometimes attributing to God Powers that he does not use and would rather that we not use, too. But, you know, we need to look for that love and truth combined and that restraining power for our good now and down the road. That is the power that God brings into the life, and we need to identify that as such. CommonReason.com is our website, and there are lots of good resources there for you, listener. Dr. Jennings, as always, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Always enjoy it, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time
1: we come and reason together.